The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. <laughs> and I'm Nicole. I don't you know. You really sounded like you were a first timer. <laughs> <laughs> we're only 200 and something. I think this is episode 210. Uh, well, you know, I got to keep it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> it could be somebody's first time. So this is true. You yeah. know what? We'll just go with that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Like um, so welcome. This is your first time. If it's not, I'm not sorry. Yeah, and we got a lot to jump into today. Um, first, if this is uh, your first time listening ever or in a long time, we don't typically do ads. We have done promo swaps in the past, but in general... We don't really do ads or if guests yeah. come on, they will give a code, right? Right. So we were approached because Duh. we're us about <laughs> um, adult toys. So if there's, um, if there's children's listening <laughs> for any reason at the moment, we now we're just jumping right into adult toys. Now you're you're doing disclaimers now for children. Yes. <laughs> All the shit. We're pretending like it's somebody's first time hearing us. Oh, okay. Yeah, so not safe for work or children <laughs> or anybody that's faint of heart. If you're having breathing palpitations, please call your doctor. Do not proceed. <laughs> right. Um so this ad copy is hilarious. In a way that it's not meant to be hilarious, but when I read it, I'm going to have a hard time keeping a straight face. So let me just first talk about my experience before I read this ad copy. <laughs> yes. Yes, do that. All right. So there's another podcast that Nicole Byer hosts. Well, she hosts like 700, but one of them is called Why Won't You Date Me? And she was talking about... Um, an adult toy that she loves that's made by Tracy's dog, which is like a super weird name for like a sex toy company. You're like Tracy's dog. Like that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, she, um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but on one of her episodes, I think it was at a live show. She said, that she would like buy everybody in the audience a Tracy's dog if they DM'd her or something like ridiculous like that. And then she ended up getting a promo with them because she really like she fulfilled the request, <laughs> but wasn't expecting to get so many requests because of course they played the live show on her podcast as well. So <laughs> of course, of course. Um, the reason that she liked it is because uh similar to your girl was not getting a lot of action during the pandemic and it was I guess it's one of the like I'll call it multifunctional tools <laughs> so on like one end is like a sucking thing and then the other end is like regular kind of vibrator but it's supposed to hit the g-spot like it's shaped to hit the g-spot 
And so I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. She's raving about it, basically buying them for people. So I was like, right. you know, let's give this a whirl. And the first time I used it, I was like, whoa, I've been yeah. missing out in my life. I will say that <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised as well. Cause it's not, it's like, um, a little cumbersome looking. Well, the thing is like with other toys, it always feels like something's being left out. You know what I mean? Like it mm. just doesn't feel like a whole complete hug kind of feels like a, <laughs> a three quarter hug. Sure. This one gives you like the full hug. I it feel. does. It does. So I had the original OG from Tracy's dog. So that has evolved over time. Now there's an OG two, which has a remote. And then the latest project is the OG flow. The flow is like the vibrator shaft part is flexible. So which is, which is, I was not expecting. <laughs> yes. So you don't have to use both ends. I mean, you didn't have to use both ends prior. A lot of times you could just use the vibrator ends for clitoral stimulation. You don't need to use them as they're designed, I suppose. Mm -hmm. but, um, with I'm guessing a lot of people probably gave that feedback for them to make the flow, which makes it so that, that it's like bendable. So you have more options in case there right. weren't already enough options. Now you have even more options on how you want to use it. And it's totally random that Tracy's dog reached out to us. They just said, you know, seem like we'd be a good fit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but I already have the OG. And they're like, oh no, we're coming out with the OG flow. <laughs> and I was like, all right, sign me up. Shit. So um, we're offering a discount code for 15% off your purchase. If you go to tracysdogs.com and you use the code HOMANCE, H-O-M-A-N-C-E, you can get 15% off of your purchase. And I don't think that it's only for the OG flow, but obviously like that's what we're talking about and promoting today. Um, now if you'd like a good laugh, I'll read the rest. I'll read this actual ad copy. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. You may have had plenty of clitoral orgasms. You may oh. have even experienced some G-spot orgasms and you know, both damn good in their own right. Now imagine if you can experience both at the same time and one phenomenal fireworks like finale and you can have it whenever you're in the mood. Tracy's dog brings you the OG flow, a double pleasure device that lets you experience blended orgasms on your own or during a four foreplay session with your partner. The sucking stimulator delivers a nice, soft-lipped sucking sensation, while the flexible shaft delivers precisely targeted vibrations to your internal pleasure spot. This will totally blow your mind. Oh, and before you use it, make sure to get some towels ready at your side. Trust me, you're going to need them. Go to tracysdog.com to order the Tracy's Dog OG Flow today and use the code HOMANCE for 15% off your purchase. <laughs> <sighs> You did great. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, they, no one can picture me saying this. I mean, they said like, you can change it if you want to. It's just like a template, you know, but yeah, I was like, well, it's, now it's funny and I have to read it. Well, yeah, at this point. It's goddamn hilarious. 
At least you, they only, you, made, you only made one audible. Like I wasn't trying to be rude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I was looking down reading, so I couldn't see your face. Oh, <laughs> well, just like thinking nobody really speaks like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want an inside and an outside. But you know what? You know, they don't maybe need that's... to be good at marketing. No, like, they don't need to be good at promo copywriting. No. They're good at making devices that deliver. <laughs> this is the truth. The fucking truth. <laughs> Amen to that, sister. I know. I was so excited when they reached out to us. I texted you and I was like, we're getting free vibrators. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So like my boyfriend and I used it. I wasn't alone. And even he was like, whoa. <laughs> well, yeah, because each part of the device also has like 10 different speeds. Or right. Something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He was like, well, dang, like he was looking, he was evaluating it as if it was just, you know, kicking the tires. I'm like, oh, geez, what's going on here? <laughs> he had it open and was looking at it before I had a chance to even like open it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well because all men are like that with toys in general well yeah i mean it's adorable so <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so i i did type up my story today, yeah oh yeah that and it is me. a full two pages that reminds 11 me. font you guys she and i have been doing pose of history for a couple of episodes now and this is the first time she has gone the distance and done an actual full-on book report but it gets better she fucking printed it out mm -hmm. i didn't want to read from my computer okay so i'm just i'm fucking first i'm pissed because the stupid printer that i bought the ink cartridges are already dead i think i printed six things from it mm -hmm. yeah oh. i'm pissed about that second i mean that mostly is it i'm pissed about that mm. Were they yeah. the same brand as yeah. the printer? And they came still... with the printer. Aww. Same printer as you. Boo. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I'm mad about. Just okay. that. All right. Well, yes, I printed it because um, it's easier for me to look at you and look at this paper than it is to look at my laptop and look at you and have mm -hmm. to operate multiple uh, things happening. Computers. Yeah. So. <laughs> The reason that I did this is because Josephine Baker is who we're going to talk about today. And there's kind of conflicting information here and there. And some websites didn't want to talk about the not so great stuff and other websites like breezed over other. I was just like, okay, everybody's timelines are funky. I can't find all the information in one place. So I had to get organized. So Josephine Baker is an entertainer and activist. She flourished on the European stage and became a successful entertainer who reconceptualized the image of Black performers through her unique dancing style and sophisticated costumes. So that is the one sentence, run-on sentence to describe her, but obviously <laughs> I've got a lot of material here. Um, she was born June 3rd. Thank you. 1906 in St. Louis, Missouri, and her her given name was Frida Josephine McDonald. So, wow. I only found like little tiny bits and pieces about her upbringing because it was quite rough. Um, some 
sources didn't even talk about her upbringing at all. They said that she would go observe dancing at the theater. And I'm like, that's just way too watered down. So I tried to find a happy medium. Um, <laughs> her mom was a washerwoman and her dad was a vaudeville drummer, supposedly. Okay. So some sources dispute that he was her father, including one of Josephine's foster sons who published a biography about her called Josephine, the Hungry Heart. Based on his research, Josephine's father was actually white and she knew the drummer wasn't her biological father. Oh. (laughs) To tell you that little bit, I think I had to look at four different places. Wait, you're kidding me. No, that's why I had to type this out. Oh my God. Okay. And so <laughs> whether he was her biological father or not, he ended up abandoning her and her mom when she was a young child. So Aww. either way, he wasn't in her life for a long time. Um, and then her mom married another man named Arthur Martin, but he was perpetually unemployed. So cool. Yeah. Neat. yeah. And then her mom and the new man ended up having a son and two daughters. They lived in poverty, though, and um, when Josephine was, like, between 8 and 10 years old, she had to actually make, like, help the family make money. So she was doing laundry for white families in St. Louis, and she actually lived with one of the families and was abused by the the white, the main woman, wife, mother, whatever, Um because the lady she, of the house the lady of the house because apparently josephine put too much soap in the laundry so the woman burned her hands oh that's fair reasonable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sounds like a legitimate reason mm-hmm. when she's ten. Like nine ten yeah right so at 12 years old she dropped out of school and some sources said that she was a quote-unquote street child So she was in the slums and would sleep in cardboard shelters, get food out of garbage cans, and make money by dancing on street corners. Oh, so sad. I know. And then at 13, she started waitressing at the old chauffeur's club. And while she was waitressing, she would entertain as well. She would sing and dance and whatever and had this comedic flair. Anyway... She was only 13 and she met this guy, Willie Wells, and they got married. She met him at the club where she was waitressing. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That marriage only lasted a year. Of course. I mean, I'm surprised it lasted a year. Um, And within that year in 1919, when she was still 13, she joined a trio of instrumentalists called the Jones Family Band who they saw her performing at the restaurant. But she wasn't really performing. Like she wasn't being paid to perform. She was waitressing and then, you know, throwing a little extra sauce on it. <laughs> Churching it up a little bit. Right. What have you. <laughs> so um, during one of her first performances with the Jones family band, she made the audience uproar with laughter because of her natural comedic talent. So she was a joker like your girl, huh? (laughs) Just Gemini things. Just Gemini things. Yes. Um, And then shortly thereafter, 
at 15, she joined a touring dance troupe and then got married again. <laughs> no, I was putting on my hoodie and my, my shit was all muted, but no, <laughs> what the fuck? Mm -hmm, well, clearly mm -hmm. her mom was not there or her father. No, they did not. She did not have a good relationship Any with her mother. No adult figure. Let's just say that. No. So in 1921, she married William Howard Baker whose name she kept because by the time of 15, her career was already taking off. So she didn't want to change her name. Well, duh. <laughs> and like, what was the, le how legally, how was it legally? How difficult was it to change your name back then? You know what I mean? Like, was it the a tremendous amount of paperwork that it is today? Or was it just like, you can call me Baker now. And that's that. Like you just assume the name. She did legally change her name to Baker, but she didn't want to change it back to her maiden name because people knew her as Josephine Baker. Yeah. Well, and she was already on stages and performing and making money. I mean, like 15 to have that kind of like, I don't know, sense about you. <laughs> right. Tram trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she was like 15 going on 45. Um, in 1923, she joined the chorus in a road company performing the musical comedy Shuffle Along and then moved to New York City. So she ended up performing on Broadway and in the infamous Plantation Club. So I, I don't have, I guess, any pictures to show you via the camera because our audience can't see them anyway. Well, but, I can look her up. But she i mean she is beautiful she does look like she could she's probably mixed oh she um, certainly looks like she's from the now era like she looks yeah. like a 90s queen she has the 90s haircut and all of it like yeah she looks like, like a light-skinned yes 90s baby she, yes she's got a very like tony braxton tlc kind of vibe to her yeah that's yeah. it mm -hmm. or maybe like an en vogue yeah, something like that. She's got, sure. she got like an en vogue kind of look to her. Yep. So one night when she was at the plantation club, a producer named Caroline Dudley saw her perform and asked her to go to Paris to star in a show. Well, hey. She's very pretty, though. <laughs> like, I'm just like saying she didn't mind making an ass of herself and could sing and dance. And was that pretty? I mean, sure. I, total package. Right. Um, however, I just wanted to point that out because once she went to Paris, she became an overnight sensation. She was only 19, but it's partially because she would dance semi-nude in a G-string with bananas hanging on it. Like well, a I was, <laughs> was going to say like, there's probably because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So her show sold out 10 weeks in a row. And French critics called her Black Venus. So that was meant to be a compliment. I mean, it is a compliment. How? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so by 1927, she earned more than any entertainer in Europe and was one of the most photographed women in the world. I so mean, she, good for her. Right? So she starred in a couple of movies in the 30s, and so she really had some money. Um, like I said, though, she made more than any other entertainer in an entire continent. Um, <laughs> what so year was this again? 
uh that was by 1927 and then in the 1930s she'd made a couple of movies okay so she was before the other girls that we've done in this era of Mm -hmm. hoes Mm -hmm. so since she was so successful she moved her family from st louis to her estate in france makes sense i don't i mean there wasn't a lot of particulars if that included her mother or not i yeah i'm not sure but I don't know who all that included. Mm-hmm. Um, one fun fact that I did find, though, is that she loved animals and was gifted a pet cheetah named Chiquita <laughs> around this time. Who gave it to her? I don't know. <laughs> My uh, God. Who, like, and where did she keep it? Like, did she have enough money to keep it up for herself? Like, that's yeah, what a- she did. She had an entire estate. That's what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't figure out what family, but I figured out her cheetah's name. <laughs> i mean some things just make sense you know and that's not one of them but right other things do literally in my notes like or in my writing i put fun fact dot 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 because there was not a good transition there was not an easy way to include that in this story <laughs> but i thought it was funny. Um, so she returned to New York to star in the Ziegfeld Follies, but American audiences rejected the idea of a black woman with so much sophistication and power. So um, unlike the French critics who called her Black Venus, the New York Times called her a Negro wench. Oh, boy. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? That's, uh, that's an aggressive. New York Times. That's aggressive New York times. Like, why don't we dial back to like, you know, people get hung for their Twitter, you know, back from 2005. And, oh yeah. We're maybe... in cancel culture. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't we canceling massive papers? Like publication you know, New York times, like what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so this made her actively confront racial discrimination. Uh, she got heavy into it. Okay. And she was still performing, but she would be performing for troops and things. Um, So as you can imagine, she's not performing on stages and getting the kind of money that she used to get. So just keep that in your mind for later. Okay. So Josephine served France during World War II by performing for the troops and acted as a correspondent for the French Resistance. And... (laughs) a sub-lieutenant in the Women's Auxiliary Air Force. So she would transcribe enemy intel onto her musical scores with invisible ink and then deliver the scores back to the French officials. I mean, come on. Come on. So she was a big star and they wanted to see her perform. So she did in all these VIP rooms and all these special occasions with... British army and German German army and um she would woo them and she wouldn't necessarily like get searched or anything you know so she she would just mingle with all the like high ranking enemies oh my god and then send that information back to the french oh my god <laughs> i'm like blown away right now yeah and a lot of times she would like take notes and stuff and put it in her underwear Ugh. because she wouldn't get searched because she's just she was so because she's Josephine Baker, yes. Okay. 
you were talking about her a couple episodes ago. We were previewing her and you said yes. that she would, I don't know if I read it or if you told me, but she would do like sometimes secret hand movements or gestures on stage, like openly telling people information too, but mm, like only know. the receiving party knew what was going on. I feel like yeah, I, you might've read, read that. that. I don't, I don't have that, I but heard. it's very possible. Yeah. Um, she was sneaky, but not like super sneaky. Like she wasn't careful. She what, was what? sneaky, but not super careful. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Like, it's very possible that if somebody kind of knew she was doing yeah. something like that, she would have gotten caught, but they didn't know. Yeah. And um, so she was awarded the Cross of Lorraine, Medal of the Resistance, the Legion of Honor, and more for her efforts oh, yeah. during World War II. Yes. So while all this was going on, she got married again. Um, <laughs> yeah, to tell you, she got divorced before. Okay. So she's still in, where is she now? Uh, marriage number three. And the, I think on the globe, we are in France. Okay. She married and divorced a Frenchman named Jean Leon. Oh yeah. They got divorced in 1940. And then a year later, her and her entourage went to the French colonies in North Africa to continue helping the resistance. This is where is it? She pinned notes with the information she gathered inside her underwear, counting on her celebrity to avoid a strip search. I mean, if that's not fucking hoping, I don't know what is. (laughs) Right? Like, I would Uh... not. I would be a red sweaty mess. Right. And nobody would know why. I'd be like, I'm just having a heart attack. I think, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was rumored that she had had extramarital affairs and had had miscarriages. Mm. Um, so she didn't have any children of her own. But while working with the resistance, she apparently had a miscarriage that developed an infection so severe that she was required to have a hysterectomy. So... Although she, at this point, I think that was her third husband. She gets married, I think, four times. Um, oh, man. She doesn't have any of her own children. So shortly after the hysterectomy, she started adopting babies of all nationalities. And this is going to sound odd, but it was in the cause of what she defined as an experiment in brotherhood and her rainbow tribe. She meant well. <laughs> She sure did. She raised two daughters and 10 sons from different ethnicities and religions. So 12 children and some were Asian, some were black, some were French, some were what, you know. Yeah. It was, you need a home. I got a home for you. She was like the Angelita Jolie of the. Yes. There were actually comparisons of her on the internet. <laughs> I mean, Angela saying that Angelo- Angelina Jolie used Josephine Baker as a inspiration or something for her her own rainbow tribe. Oh my god, funny. Um so she lived with her children and her fourth husband, Joe Bouillon, a French composer and conductor. So yeah, we're on husband number 4 now. She often took the children with her cross country 
when they were at her estate, she would allow tours so visitors could walk the grounds and see how natural and happy the children in the Rainbow Tribe were. Mm. Again, I think she means well. Mm-hmm. I do too. <laughs> I'm going to take this as a positive. I'm going to spin it as positive. Uh, so then during the 50s and 60s, she traveled to the U.S. to fight racism. When New York's popular stork club refused her service, she engaged in a head-on media battle with a pro-segregation columnist, Walter Winchell. And all of this blew up in the media, and eventually the NAACP named May 20th Josephine Baker Day in honor of her efforts. Okay. Yeah. May 20th. Yes. And... Also, during her visits to the U.S., she developed a close friendship with American artist Robert Brady. So her final marriage, which I believe was her longest one, to Joe Bullion lasted 14 years. After that divorce, she was looking for companionship and friendship. So her and Robert had a little pseudo marriage. They were involved with each other. Okay. So they went to an empty church and exchanged vows, but like never legally got married. Um, Yeah. Okay. Because they both wanted companionship. Mm -hmm. Under, you know, in the eyes of God, they had to be Uh, together. I I guess guess. they were involved with an entanglement. Um, however there's also speculation that she was bisexual and had relationships with women there was even this rumor that said possibly frida kahlo i was like internet come on calm down maybe who knows (laughs) (laughs) maybe In 1968, Josephine lost her chateau in France due to unpaid debts. So remember when I said that she was performing for the troops and now she's doing all this resistance work, Mm -hmm. not doing real paid work. Yeah. So she lost her whole estate. Oh, that's really sad. Yes. But then Princess Grace of Monaco came in and offered her an apartment near Monaco. So she had that. Okay. Um, She continued to perform in Paris, London, and New York until she died. So on April 8th, 1975, she was 68 years old and performed a medley of routines from her 50-year career. The reviews were among her best ever. However, only days later, Josephine slipped into a coma. So between April 8th, when she had this amazing collective performance, on April 12th, four days later, she died from a cerebral hemorrhage. I mean, she (sighs) went out with a bang, though, man. Yeah, she did. She really didn't sit and wallow in any kind of sadness or addiction or anything else. She just kind of did it till she was done. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean she was only 68 though fine but she started her career at 14 she was tired <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> uh, so after she passed away more than twenty thousand people crowded the streets of paris to watch the funeral procession on its way to the church 
The French government honored her with a 21-gun salute, making Josephine Baker the first American woman uh, in France. Wait, American woman in France with military honors. And then in 1991, HBO released the Josephine Baker story, and it received five Emmy Awards and one of the three Golden Globes that it was nominated for that season. Oh, wow. She was inducted into the St. Louis uh, Hall of Fame, the Hall of Famous Missourians, the Legacy Walk in Chicago. There's a wax display of her at the Griot Museum of Black History. And the Piscine Josephine Baker is a swimming pool along the banks of the Seine River in Paris. Um, so St. Louis also changed Channing Avenue and renamed it to Josephine Baker Boulevard. So two of her sons grew up to go into business together and they are running a restaurant called Shea Josephine on Theater Row and 42nd Street in New York City. And it celebrates her life and all of her works. I mean, so that's the story of Josephine Baker and my sources were Britannica, Wikipedia, New York Public Library, CMG Worldwide and womenshistory.org. And oh man, oh man. And so I looked up the picture of her and her banana outfit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's problematic. It for is. Sure. Yeah, it is. It is problematic. <laughs> it is. There are some many stereotypes she is playing into. <laughs> yeah. But you can't hate a girl for, you know, trying to do what she knows how to do. And that's make money. Huh? She got I a just, body. Yeah. <laughs> adi, 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 adi. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's why I was like trying to preface. I'm like, she is a very pretty woman. Um Oh, she's super gorgeous physically, yeah. maybe mentally and emotionally as well. We don't know. Probably. <laughs> well, thank you for all of that Josephine Baker tea. I had no idea. I didn't either. I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I selected her. Because if we would have done this the day that we originally planned to, I would have missed like at least every half of that. I mean, yeah. or it would have been much more watered down because like I said, it was hard to find some of the not so great stuff. Right. But then I'd come across it and I'm like, wait, when uh, does this fit in? Hmm. <laughs> True book report. <laughs> I know. It really did turn into that. Well, there was a bunch it. of other stuff too that I decided to not talk about because I was like, I don't know. It's kind of like the Frida Kahlo thing. I was like, internet i don't know so most of what i told you was backed up by like a couple of things at least (laughs) Uh. well we have that going for us a couple of things anyway right (laughs) well man i am uh i will say the more the hoes that we talk about the more I am so thankful for where we're at today and just would we ever become hoes of history? Mm. (laughs) Question mark. You know, I'm just out here thinking about things. (laughs) (laughs) On 
honestly, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast if these women hadn't no, no. done what they did prior to this. So no. in a way, it's a it's an ode to them. I and say, yeah. it, it's a attitude of gratitude for sure. And just a small reminder. <laughs> Life used to be worse. Way worse. <laughs> she, had, she had the New York Times call her a Negro wench. Yeah, man. That's, oh, oh, so cringy. It makes me pukey a little bit, actually. Right? It does. Like, I was like, am I even going to say this? Like, like, I feel weird saying it, but I'm like, quote, I'm like, I don't it know. It is a quote from a paper. <laughs> I've just never put those two words together. Well, why would you, honestly? No, no, there's no reason. The only time you say Negro is when it's, you know, the word for black in that language of choice and, mm. and never, never in foul term towards the culture. <laughs> We've, I'll, I'll say was, 100%. I don't say that either. I have. No, I beer like, wench. Come on. Okay. Anyway, anyway, yeah, Josephine took me, you know, on some travels with her today. She sure did. Uh, what's your atta girl? Well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> that's why I was a little tardy to our session this afternoon, evening. I have started working out again. Yes, it's slow. It's low impact. Yes, it's in my basement. I'm lucky if I can get 20 to 30 minutes out before I'm like dead. But I've started working out and I'm very proud of myself and I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> You're not supposed to downplay your at a girl. Well, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I am gearing up for a lot of work. Okay. Because, you know, it's just the reality of it. I'm mm -hmm. not as strong or capable as I once was. <laughs> oh, man. My uh, chiropractor, not the one that, you know, the one that's down the street. He was doing muscle testing as well, because I was telling him, like, my shoulder was bothering me. And... So you're supposed when they do muscle testing, like you hold your arm out and you're not supposed to be able to drop it. And if your arm falls, then like they know where the trigger point is or like what the problem is. I was like resisting his push so hard. He's like, you're very strong. <laughs> you're very strong. Congratulations. I cycle. I go to cycle bar. <laughs> So. It was my arm. I mean, I guess we do weights at Cycle Bar, but still, I was going to say, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's an all-inclusive extent, right? <laughs> like the whole thing is like the whole point is the whole body workout. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was just, it, that one really cracked me up though. Like, you're very strong. I'm like, thank you, thank you all. <laughs> but you don't. He's like, you don't need to try that hard to like resist. So, like, okay, um, we're not we're not proving anything. We're just testing. So, you know. <laughs> Like, how do you know? Maybe I'm just like that. Speak for uh, yourself, man. I'm trying. I'm yoked up. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Uh, my out girl is that, um, let's see. I have a senior doggy who mm. um, has a different ailment every day and <laughs> decides what food she wants to eat that's different every day. And it's a, uh, it's a real struggle bus. So I have been giving her various 
things to try to just, you know, extend her life and make it as comfortable as possible. Mm. And um, there's actually a girl at spin class who is a veterinarian. And I was like, hey, um, my vet said to try this and this, but now my dog's over it because, you know, she'll only do the same thing for two days. And then we have to move on. Do you have like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Like, do you have like a food schedule? So like, you know, like if you were to have children, you would do a different dinner every night of the week. No, no, I, I, I have to put it in front of her and she's, it's a smell test. She smells and walks away or she smells it and then does like a couple of licks and decides if she likes it. And then sometimes she will devour it and want more and then the next day she will smell it and act like she's gonna vomit so it's um it's tough over here literally use having you have a toddler um so i i got her suggestion the veterinarian at my spin class was that you could try baby food and um that she's probably nauseous like that's why she's like turning her nose up at it and so then I called I go well thank you for the free advice I appreciate it you know so then I call my vet and I'm like okay can we try like an anti-nausea medication and she's like we could try it I don't know if it's gonna work well thus far it's been okay she hasn't puked in a couple of days so that's good yeah I just, I mean, but the the lengths that I have to go through to like get to this point, right? Have you ever had a pet prescription called in at Costco? Oh no, nope, we haven't (laughs) gone there yet. No, we have not. Yeah, I went and picked up a pet prescription from Costco. (laughs) (laughs) They're one of the few places that will fill a pet prescription. Oh, okay. So how, what kind of prescription were we filling? The anti-nausea. Oh, a human prescription for dogs. Well, it, I mean, it is made for dogs though. Oh, is it primarily? Yeah, okay. because it's based on their weight and stuff. Oh, Actually okay. on the box, it says that it's for like minor vomiting and motion sickness in dogs. So like for travel mostly? Probably. Um, so just like having a toddler, this is the first time I think I've ever gone up to a prescription desk and been like, I'm here to pick up a prescription for Gia Bonneville. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I gotta go hello. to the vet and be like, I'm here with Gia. And they'll say like, what's your last name? Or like, maybe I'm there to pick up like her, you know, special food or whatever. But it was just, it hit different <laughs> at the pharmacy. I get it. I get it. Costco. Yeah. Well, the fact that you had to say her name out loud in front of people at Costco is something, you know? Well, it was funny because the, I've never even gotten a prescription filled at Costco, so I didn't have a profile or anything. So I had to fill out, I had to do a whole profile, blah, blah, blah. And when I went to pick it up, I had to (laughs) sign stuff. And the first question that she asked me, she's like, um, she's like you're gonna design blah 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 and then she looked at it and she's like oh this is for a doggy <laughs> I was like yep sure is <laughs> she's like so you have to sign for Gia and I'm like uh-huh we'll, I know I do we'll have to <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's my other girl. I mean, we're getting there, you know. Keeping my keeping my dog alive and comfortable as long as I can. Comfortable. <laughs> comfortable, She's yes. Doing the whole keep myself alive thing on her own. <laughs> every day. Every day she has something new to dig for, to bark at, you know. <laughs> I don't know. She's not been real motivated to want to do much. So um she seemed to have a little more pep in her step after she took the anti-nausea medication though. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe she's just like, pukey 24 seven. Yeah, I think so. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's not fun. It's not, it's not. And so I've been laying on the floor with her a lot. I get it. It's that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, little buddy. Well, on that note, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's still with us so true but man I do have to pat myself on the back sometimes <laughs> the lengths they go to I was telling Nicole before we started recording that having an elder dog is like you know also like having an elderly parent sad but fuck <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm really happy I didn't have to go through this with my dad. And my mom's like, just take me and and make me do this. So I have a heart attack when you're ready. I'm fine too. It's fine. I'm like, I'm all right. Cool. Like, yeah, right. (laughs) I know. I know. In my like living will and trust, I'm like, pull the plug, please. (laughs) Do not resuscitate. (laughs) Donate all of my organs. Like (laughs) to science. (laughs) Nobody needs this trauma. You don't need my trauma. It's like, it's, it's very specific. <laughs> of course it is. You're a Virgo. Well, I mean, cause you don't want to leave people having to make those tough decisions. Yeah, this is true. So or, I've made the decision for them. Yeah. Um, well, really it's for myself, but you know. So have you watched the midnight club yet on Netflix? I know we're past way past added girls, but no, I watch it. It's really good but it deals a lot with like death uh-huh. incoming death and like one of the things the the girls asked to do is fill out one of those packets of like what to do with you and your body and the things because you're mm. young you have all the you have the ability to tell people so like fill out this packet and I'm like I want to fill that out just because I think it'd be fun <laughs> <laughs> well it gets your mind going yeah something it definitely does when you're filling out that paperwork. I mean, I say mine specific, but it's more just like direct, I guess. Because it's not gonna, like it's a lot. It's just like to the point. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, don't don't with order a bunch of fucking flowers. Oh, God, no. And don't, you know. Don't waste money on flowers. Yeah, it's just, it's it's very much like, just let everybody go in peace, please. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need to be a mockery of anything by any means, <laughs> unless it's my choice, and then we can mock away. <laughs> One thing that would be cool though is like if you really do like could come back as a ghost, or if you like had a spiritual presence, and you could actually see who did show up to your funeral. I think that would be funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you then- might get pissed though because maybe somebody that you wanted to show up doesn't, <sighs> and then you can't. You don't want to be pissed in the afterlife. Well, then you go find them and see why. 
and then you get pissed. <laughs> that's, that's like when you haunt them. That's how hauntings happen. You probably didn't go to her fucking funeral. <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> now you're getting pushed on the stairs. Did you attend her funeral? <laughs> the knowing glare. <laughs> now she's pushing you down the stairs. <laughs> that's why you fell down the stairs, Todd. <laughs> Couldn't take the day off to go show up at her funeral. Jesus, God. Todd. <laughs> I don't even know a Todd. Um, all right, that's probably enough, right? Yeah. Josephine yeah. Baker, use the code homance for 50% off at tracysdog.com. You can follow us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. Um, send us a DM or an email to homance podcast at gmail.com with a request for a hoe of history. Um, or if you have a historic hoe you want to talk about, fuck it. Come yeah. on. <laughs> if you if you're if you've got your book report ready. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can dial you into the Zoom, y'all. That's fine. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> um and then also the judgment free zone on Facebook. It's a closed group. The Homance Chronicles, the judgment free zone. Join there for extra naughty stuff. Homance out. <laughs>